Okay, so now we're ready for part two of David Wilcock, Corey Good, Endgame 2, Antarctica, Atlantis, E.T. Ruins. These beings then began to breed with the human populations in the regions they were stationed in at the time of the disaster. One major faction of pre-Adamites was constrained to the Americas, while the other survived in Europe, Africa, and Asia. Tompkins, Aldrin, the Draco, and Antarctica. The 29 embedded German spies Tompkins interviewed during World War II confirmed the Nazis were working with a violent, aggressive, reptilian race. This group is humanoid, but with reptilian features. They have been called the Saurians or the Draco, and pose the biggest problem for everyone in our region of the galaxy. Surprisingly, the Draco have a central base of operations in our solar system, including huge under-ice facilities in Antarctica. This makes Buzz Aldrin's latest alleged tweet extremely interesting. We do now know that this tweet was disinformation, but the contents are still important to analyze. We can prove that he had just visited Antarctica while wearing a shirt encouraging us to get to Mars ASAP. We did hear that he was there to tour the pre-Adamite ruins that are now on the verge of being disclosed to us as part of this transition plan. Aldrin fell ill and had to be returned home. The disinfo begins with him allegedly tweeting a pic of an alleged Antarctic pyramid with the words, we are all in danger. It is evil itself. If this had actually been real and not another internet hoax, it strongly suggested that he was briefed on the existence of the Draco, perhaps off the record, and it nearly gave him a heart attack. Excavation has finally been allowed. My contacts in the SSP Alliance revealed that the Draco have finally allowed the U.S. to excavate new pre-Adamite archaeological sites under the Antarctic ice. They have also granted permission for the small number of surviving pre-Adamites to access these areas once again. These pre-Adamite people look and sound just like us, except that they have elongated skulls that they must keep hidden if they are ever seen in public. David asked me how many of these people still live on Earth. As of now, I do not have any clear intel on their numbers, but it is likely in the thousands, if not more. The amount of ancient technology and information that has been found preserved in huge libraries under the Antarctic ice is staggering. He finally became convinced. I was listening to Sigmund telling me his version of the story and watching his face as he shared the information. He noticed me looking at him and wondering why he was sharing this with me. This caused him to break off from the current topic. He then stated that the data they collected from me the last time we met had the telemetry that I had retained subconsciously from the reconnaissance flight under the ice. This finally convinced him that at least some of what I was saying was true. David asked me for clarification when I first wrote this. Specifically, I had witnessed information on the heads-up displays in the Anshar bus craft I was riding in. Under interrogation, I was able to recall specific telemetry from those displays that proved to be extremely accurate, enough to meet Sigmund's quality standards.
another round. Sigmund then stated that he was going to alter my state of consciousness again to be able to dig deeper into my experiences and see what else he could glean. I told him I would prefer it if he didn't. I would be happy to answer any questions he had. He ignored me and walked over to pick up a small device that had a metallic-looking cone at the end that looked like some sort of antenna. He then put in some sort of earplugs and turned the device on. I heard the same high-pitched noise that I had the last time. At this point, I lost consciousness, as has become the norm when this technology is used. Whatever conversation I have with Sigmund under the influence of this technology is not available to me after it is over. Leaving the craft and catching another ride. The next thing I am able to remember was walking back down the stairs of the craft with both airmen assisting me down the narrow stairs to the parking lot. I walked back home and went into my living room. A blue orb was zigzagging around as if it was waiting for me. This is a phenomenon that has been ongoing since this all started in February 2015. It is the transportation system used by the blue avians. Many people are starting to see blue or purple orbs just as I have been told would occur. This is a key part of our mass awakening process. I indicated that I was ready to be transported and was taken back to the same mind breakaway mothership I had been on before. Another meeting with the Mayans. The Mayan breakaway group started out in Mesoamerica, and thanks to a successful ET contact, they were able to migrate off planet. They have since become advanced enough to develop a unique technology that appears to be based on the use of stone and consciousness. They act as a healing group that have provided treatment to Gonzales and many other survivors of SSP enslavement and torture. There were now six of the Mayans in the room. Three of them were females. I had only seen a female on one occasion before with any degree of closeness. Gonzales was standing over by the floating stone console looking at it, while a Mayan was working the controls. He directed his attention to me and greeted me. He walked up and scanned me with the same black stone sphere that he held in his palm the last time. He smiled, and as he lifted it up, he said, Please focus your attention on the magic eight ball. He then scanned my head again while I tried to focus on the black stone sphere as he requested. Once he finished his scan, he turned and walked over to the floating console and somehow placed the stone sphere into the side of it. He then looked over at the Mayans. They then went into the next room where another stone console was floating and gave us some privacy. Seeding info into the MIC secret space program. Gonzalez stated that he was sorry he couldn't share some of the details about why I was being abducted and interrogated up until now. He stated that this was part of an operation that was seeding information into the ranks of this MIC secret space program. Apparently, many of them are disillusioned and questioning whether or not they were indeed at the top of the intelligence totem pole, as they had been led to believe. He stated that if this information gets to the right people within the MIC secret space program, it could hinder the wider plans of doing a partial disclosure of their program. These individuals now felt there was much more going on in the programs than they had been told. Gonzalez further communicated that I had to be unaware of this operation, so the interrogators would not figure out this info was being given to them on purpose. I had assumed that a similar scenario was behind why I had been kept so completely in the dark about what was happening to me, and why all of this had been allowed to occur by the SSP Alliance and the Sphere Being Alliance. 
more on the pre-Adamites and Antarctica. Gonzalez and I then talked about the conversation I had on board the MIC Secret Space Program's craft regarding the pre-Adamites. Gonzalez confirmed that he had received the same intelligence from some of his SSP Alliance contacts. The same data also appeared in the reconnaissance flight telemetry that the Anshar had shared with him. Advanced Tech in Ancient Ruins Gonzalez soon moved to another topic. He stated that Cabal proxies had discovered pieces of ancient technologies hidden in time capsules in many of the ancient Sumerian ruins. These proxy agents completely raised these ancient ruins to the ground, looking for these time capsules. These groups not only found several pieces of technology inside the walls of these ruins, they also located some new sites buried below them that were much more ancient. He stated that these artifacts were being stored in Mosul, Iraq at the moment. He also stated that one of the reasons such a vigorous battle is occurring in Mosul at this time is because various groups are fighting to recover these artifacts. After these historical sites were destroyed, the Alliance sent operatives to other similar sites across the planet to do sonar scans and try to locate more of these time capsules. He stated that they were doing so in the dead of the night and were using very advanced technologies to try to detect other anomalies around these ancient sites. The pre-Adamites want to control. According to Gonzalez, the ancient technologies that were discovered in Iraq had belonged to this pre-Adamite group. This group wants the return of these technical artifacts immediately, considering them to be their private and personal property. However, certain factions who are now in possession of them will not turn them over. These are Earth-human proxy groups that the Cabal had sent on behalf of the surviving pre-Adamites. They got the cosmic equivalent of gold lust when they saw the treasure. What further complicates matters is that there are two different royal bloodlines among these pre-Adamites. These two groups are in a type of competition over the control of the financial and political systems of various countries. As I have said before, the people we are now calling pre-Adamites all have psychopathic characteristics by our normal definition of the term. The elongated miter hats everyone wears in the Vatican are one of the ways they have been able to conceal themselves while still operating amongst us. The surviving pre-Adamites apparently have blue eyes. A weakening of the Cabal Coalition. Gonzalez stated that this argument over the pre-Adamite ruins meant there was an obvious weakening of the Cabal's coalition. This split in the ranks of these global syndicates was being exploited by the Alliance. It seems that many of these Cabal groups now see that their organization is about to be fully exposed and brought to justice. The disclosures David mentioned in Part 1 did not happen by chance. They are the direct result of the hard work of the Alliance through outlets like WikiLeaks. It appears that many of these people are positioning themselves to cooperate with the Alliance during the prosecution phase. This, of course, is a very helpful thing. David and I have both consistently stressed that whistleblowers should be seen as heroes. It is very important that we not devolve into a witch hunt mentality. Issues with memory. At this point, the stone console behind him started flashing symbols in various colors of light. He turned his attention to the control panel as I noticed two of the Mayans entering the room. 
All three of them walked to the floating stone console and observed the symbols appearing in an obvious sequence. He glanced over at me and asked me if I was still having issues with my memory. I stated that indeed I had noticed difficulty in remembering things such as my children's birth dates, etc. His forehead wrinkled up a bit. He said he wanted to consult the Mayans to see what type of help they could offer. He then smiled at me as a blue orb entered the room and zipped directly in front of my chest. He continued to smile as he waved goodbye. I was taken to my living room, where I again laid on the couch and fell asleep. Another encounter with the banished. Over the next two days, I was trying to make sense of what had occurred. I attempted to meditate on the experiences to see if I could remember what had happened while I was being interrogated. On the following Saturday, however, I was completely distracted by another encounter with the banished female that had implanted entity attachments in me months earlier. This had been a highly unpleasant experience where I awoke to her being in a hotel room I was staying in with my family. Everyone else was fast asleep when this happened. She was completely uninvited. As soon as she noticed that I was aware of what was going on, she was able to make me again go unconscious. I had still been recovering from the removal of the entity attachment by Kari a few weeks prior. During this recovery time, Kari had contacted me a few times to let me know my vibration was out of alignment and they were having difficulty getting through to me. Much of it had to do with the removal of the entity attachments, but some of it had to do with some anger issues I had towards an individual who I was working with. I was still carrying around a bit of trauma and resentment from my previous encounter with the banished and the number of weeks it took for Kari to let me know I had these entity attachments. Now I found myself face to face with this same woman from the banished group. I had gotten up extremely early to do some work while my family was still asleep. An unwelcomed intruder. I was once again sitting on my couch with my laptop on the coffee table. Suddenly, I felt static electricity in the air and looked over at the wall where my fireplace was. The wall was starting to warp and bend. I stood up and backed away to the other side of the coffee table from the wall. Right where the wall was warping and bowing inward, the same tall blonde female came walking through. She was taller than I thought I remembered. She was a good three or four inches taller than me and was wearing a very revealing outfit. She said, don't be afraid. I am Mara, and I mean you no harm. I just stood there slack-jawed in disbelief. I was both intrigued and a bit afraid after our last encounter. She sensed how I was feeling and smiled, as if she was pleased by it. She narrowed her eyes and smiled even bigger and began to walk towards me. I had part of the L-shaped couch behind me and the coffee table in front of me. I was thinking of an escape route when all of a sudden there was a brilliant white flash just in the nick of time. When my eyes had adjusted, I immediately saw Kari and the two men from the Anshar group approaching Mara, who now had a frightened and shocked look on her face. I looked around and noticed that I was in a smaller domed room that had one door that was covered by the hard light force field. I had been portaled into an Anshar inner earth city. The two Anshar men escorted Mara out of the room and down a corridor. I was still feeling some of the after effects of fear and anxiety from the moments in my living room with Mara. Kari walked briskly up to me, placed her hand on the side of my face and looked into my eyes. 
I immediately began to calm down, and my rapid breathing and heartbeat subsided. I asked her why the banished was back, and what was her intent. Kari stated that her intentions were not honorable, and that they intervened for good reason. It is vitally important to stay positive and loving. Kari then stated that I would not be bothered by Mara again, but that I needed to keep an eye out for more of her kind who will come looking for her eventually. I asked what would happen to Mara. Kari stated that she will be placed in stasis until upcoming events had fully played out. She then gave me a hug and put both of her hands on my shoulders. She looked me in the eyes and told me that I needed to let go of my anger with certain individuals that I am working with, and to focus on getting my vibration back in balance. She gave me that huge infectious smile of hers, and then patted my shoulders and told me she was sending me back now. I was still a little bit shocked and confused from the encounter with Mara, and I'm sure my eyes showed it. Rebalancing my vibratory state. After another brilliant flash of light, I was now standing in the same place I had been in prior to the transport. In the time period since my last update and up until this point of reporting, I have been brought before raw tier air on three occasions. Each of them had to do with the rebalancing of my vibratory state and the frustrating behavior and actions of some people from my inner circle. During these visits, I was able to observe the cosmic scene and noticed that the giant blue spheres were becoming notably more translucent. The nine metallic spheres were at about the same positions as they had been weeks earlier. Meetings with the Earth Alliance. By this point, we were getting fairly close to the time of the U.S. presidential election, which was indeed extremely contentious, as David had opened up with in part one. I had already been told many months ago that the SSP alliance was in support of either Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump winning the election. Both of these men are aware of the cabal, are not a part of it, and want to see it taken down for the betterment of humanity. Just days before the election, certain allies I had in the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, and FEMA reconnected with me. They were very excited because their data showed that Trump was likely to win. Hack attacks from a panicked cabal. This next phase of insider contact started a few days after I published my last update. It began with a series of hacking attempts on my home computers. Three of the computers that I use for work began to pop up intrusion alerts. I disconnected from the internet and ran a few security scans on them out of an abundance of caution. I found out these cabal groups have apparently been in a state of panic for weeks, as more and more has been leaked about their involvement in pedophilia and sex slave rings. They are also organ harvesting their young victims to sell on the black market. These are just a few of the crimes being committed. The FBI has had enough. The FBI has been quietly investigating these deplorable crimes for decades. David's own insiders independently confirmed this to him, and it has now gone public, as we saw in part one. The FBI investigators had brought this evidence to several attorney generals in the past, only to have them tell the FBI to close their investigations. The FBI soon realized that major changes would have to occur before they would ever be allowed to bring these people to justice. The more they investigated, the more prominent and powerful names began to pop up. 
It appears that these sex slave and pedophile rings have been associated with close to a third of everyone working in government organizations within the USA and the EU. It was determined that any attempt to prosecute them would be met by roadblocks. This is one key reason why the alliance favored Trump. This appears to be one of the main reasons most of the FBI was behind Donald Trump in the election process. They knew the alliance was in favor of Trump becoming the next president. The FBI had been aware of the alliance for some time. The FBI believed that if Trump won the election, they would finally have their opportunity to bring this evidence to an attorney general who would actually prosecute. This was such a contentious election process that it caused a huge amount of anxiety for people on both sides of the political parties. Former allies returned at the last minute. Since I had gone public, a few of my sources in the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, and FEMA had broken off contact with me because of the crackdown on whistleblowers in the Obama administration. The day before the election, all three of these people contacted me and told me that Trump would win. They then began to share quite a lot of inside information with me about the above-mentioned investigations. Not so sure. I have to admit that I was skeptical of Trump winning and completely sickened by the details that were given about these pedophilia rings. I was also a bit suspicious that all three of these individuals contacted me to share intelligence so soon after I was warned that a disinformation campaign against all SSP whistleblowers would occur. It was clear that I would have to vet these sources all over again. Time to gather all the intel. The following night, I was as shocked as everyone else to see Trump actually win the election. I was able to confirm through other sources that these three individuals were not attempting to discredit me. I then contacted them for a full download. I found out that Soros is under investigation by the FBI for all he did prior to the election years before and his involvement in the current riots. Obama appears to be willing to agree to not pardon Hillary if some of his legacy is preserved somehow. It appears Trump and Obama are keeping that option open, but I doubt it will occur after hearing all of the President of the United States ties to the Clinton investigation that keep popping up. There is a very unsettled mood among the establishment types. This was not supposed to happen. They tried to rig the voting, but underestimated the voter turnout for Trump. David captured a photograph of the front page of Huffington Post, now controlled by Verizon, on election day. It showed a 98% chance of Hillary winning and a 1.7% chance for Trump. Vote hacking would not be sufficient. It turned out that there were so many voters for Trump that it outpaced the Soros-owned voting machine glitches that they hoped would steal the election. They had calculated that changing approximately one out of 100 votes for Hillary in the key swing states would be sufficient, and they were wrong. I was clearly told that Soros was financing most of the riots right now, as I just said. There are also lots of revenge attacks occurring against Russia from cabal-type groups. I found out that things are very bumpy right now between the Alliance and cabal. They were not supposed to lose the President of the United States position. Very sickening information. As David shared in part one, 
Dr. Steve Pachenik revealed that the Alliance was behind the Pizzagate emails. They knew exactly what we were going to find when they leaked them. The general population is being prepared for some very sickening information about all levels of influence in the U.S. government. We are going to find out how many people who are very influential from both political parties in the U.S. and the EU have been a part of this massive pedophile ring. This sex slave ring has also been used as a device to blackmail powerful people into paying large sums of money, as well as to influence how they make policy decisions. Once these uncomfortable truths are disclosed, society will not only be ready for more of the truth, they will take to the streets to demand it. Once we see how much is hiding below the surface and that this is just the tip of the iceberg, it will no longer be so easy for any power group to control the people. A visit from a drone. Shortly after I renewed these contacts, my wife came in the back door at about 1 p.m. Central Standard Time and told me a drone was flying all around the back of our house. I ran outside to see a white drone flying around getting a good look at our house in the parking lot behind us. It then suddenly flew off quickly to its apparent takeoff zone, which had to be pretty far away. I had recently learned that there are similarities to electrogravitic craft in the way drones operate and are controlled. It was further communicated that some of these exotic craft have flight control systems that mimic game controllers or radio remote controls. Full-sized drones will appear in our skies as part of partial disclosure. I was told that in our near future, we will see our skies fill with three and four rotor aircraft that look very similar to the drones that are so popular right now. I was also told these tri and quadcopters would be almost completely automated with advanced collision avoidance and autopilot features. This scenario would be part of a limited and partial disclosure program. The cabal had hoped this would result in humanity not being told about anti-gravity technology until some time later. I was told that the rotors and motors on these drones could be replaced by anti-gravity technologies as they are declassified and become available. These craft will be used quite a lot by the military and police as well as by various civilian industries. I got interested and purchased my own drone. My interest was piqued to the point where I decided to purchase a drone of my own to learn how to fly them for myself. Since I purchased a cheap drone that doesn't have GPS, all I have done is crash it repeatedly. I don't think it was a coincidence that a drone was performing an open reconnaissance of my house so soon after I bought my own. This visitation happened in the same week where I had purchased a cheap drone at a local electronic toy store and only 12 hours after I had published my most recent report, A Shadow Revolution. If you have read my last report, then you heard that a shadow revolution is occurring in the USA and is being supported by the Earth Alliance. So much of this battle is occurring in the background and over the internet that we are only now beginning to see it bubbling up into the open. I think we should all be meditating on a smooth transition and a full disclosure for humanity. Never before have the masses been so fed up with the corruption that is blatantly occurring right in front of our eyes with no accountability. We are witnessing the beginning of a grand transition. There will be growing pains for sure, but the end result should make it all worth it.
if we can navigate through this time period honorably, we will have set ourselves up for the consciousness renaissance that we have been robbed of for millennia. Antarctica and Cabal Surrender Various world political and religious leaders have been brought down to Antarctica in the last year. The new archaeological finds are a major reason for this. They are excitedly taking tours of the findings. According to sources, the Cabal plans on fleeing to an island in New Zealand, certain areas of South America, and Antarctica. If so, these meetings may very well be a signal to the Alliance that key members of these secret Earth syndicates are preparing to escape justice from an angry American populace. The Cabal had believed they could steal the election and once again escape their fates. They were wrong. Perhaps the strangest development of all was when U.S. top diplomat John Kerry flew down to Antarctica right on Election Day. Buzz Aldrin visited the ruins as well, and something caused him to fall ill and need to leave the area before he was scheduled to. Section 2, Pre-Adamite Ruins. In this section of our fascinating new Intel update, we go into even more detail about the pre-Adamite ruins that have been discovered in Antarctica. As it turns out, these fallen angels, the survivors of an epic off-planet war, deliberately landed in what is now Antarctica to take advantage of the high-tech ruins that were much, much older. The idea of all of this intel being exposed now is extremely exciting. The Cabal is already offering tours to their own people of the ruins, and for them, it is like going to a cosmic adult Disneyland. Final section, introduction by David Wilcox. Corey had put together everything you just read in the first section before our latest Gaia taping. In fact, the write-up was an essential element of organizing his thoughts for our interviews. Not long after we returned home from the taping, additional surprising experiences happened to both Corey and me. I ended up with a planned power outage that was only supposed to last a few hours, but stretched on well past the time I had to go to bed. Without electricity, the house became cold and dark and I had to rely on my prepper supplies to live comfortably, which I basically did. A fairly prolonged power outage may occur. I saw that this could be a synchronistic warning of a mass power outage that would occur as we head into the final phase of the Cabal's takedown. There have been long-standing rumors of an approximately two-week power outage, perhaps a bit longer, as the Alliance goes through the final stages of arresting key Cabal operatives. This is primarily intended to prevent them from fleeing and to minimize panic and civilian casualties during the arrest process. Shortly after my power outage, Corey and I got talking via Skype text, and the results were <clears throat> good enough that we will close out our article with the notes of our conversations. By this point, Corey had new experiences that added even more to our story, but he hadn't had time to write them up yet. We have slightly edited and improved our conversation in order to make it more readable and listenable and add greater context in certain areas. Conversation between Corey and David. December 3rd, 2016, 2.14 a.m. David, we just had a day-long power outage. Everything was pitch black, and they didn't turn it back on until well after midnight, well after everyone had to sleep in dire cold. What are your thoughts on the two-week power outage scenario for mass arrests? This seemed like a five-alarm fire-level warning, telling
telling me to get ready for it being a lot longer than one night. Corey. That is why I delivered the message to have a minimum of two weeks of supplies. I am definitely ready. Unraveling. Very quickly. David. It does also appear that the cabal will create a financial collapse to further try to ruin Trump if nothing else works. Pizzagate was the number one story on the internet yesterday as evinced by it being the top of Dig, which is a content aggregator. I photographed that. This whole thing is unraveling very quickly. The more the mainstream media keeps saying there is, quote, no evidence and no victims whatsoever, unquote, the more the kids doing this are waking up and fighting even harder. It's very interesting. So I am seriously wondering if the stuff could hit the fan before the inauguration. They may not be able to hold it off that long, and the cabal may force things to come to a head sooner than that. Most of the agreements have been made. Corey. Things are actually moving at a snail's pace in the background right now. Just about all of the things we talked about that were being negotiated between the alliance and the cabal have now been agreed upon, mostly. In the meantime, prepare to see tons of elite-connected people resigning from their jobs. They will not flee the country, of course, but will immigrate to a safe zone out of protest of Trump being president and ruining all of their hard work, etc. David. Wow. How recently since the election did they come to a full agreement? Corey. Most of these agreements were final just before the election. Once the likely outcome had become apparent, but many have occurred after the election. David. Both of these data points can and should work their way into the update, so it is current. I will see to that. Losing power for this long was like a massive cosmic reset point for me. It does make sense that the Cabal would make an agreement once they see what is happening. However, their core teaching is betrayal is the first rule of the order. So it is unlikely that they will ever accept any deal and actually do it. The Antarctic Discovery. Corey. I have now had well over a dozen confirmations that indeed a huge effing discovery was made down in Antarctica. Indeed, there are many, many types of ruins and artifacts strewn out across the continent, group of islands, and in underground facilities beneath the glacier-covered land. David, very cool. Corey, the update is going to need an update to get current, but I can take care of that. David. Did this Antarctica discovery get facilitated by ice cap melting, allowing new areas to be accessed, then coupled with digging, or was it just the result of excavation? Corey. There was some melting, but mostly years and years of excavating. They use steam blowers to do most of their excavation of artifacts and to create new areas when they need to build, I was told. David. They must have hit the mother load recently if it took them years to get there. Corey, mother effing load. Many square miles of new ruins. David, that makes sense about the steam blowers. Are we talking about a Manhattan-sized area of buildings and working technological artifacts? That good? Corey, many square miles of ruins have been detected, with only a small percentage that has actually been excavated thus far. David, so it's not like the ruins were protected in some sort of dome under the ice and left undamaged. They are all trashed up, I assume, but there are still things in there that can be pulled out. Are any of the buildings in a fairly undamaged condition? Corey. They were all flattened, crushed, or knocked over by the events that flash froze the area. 
They have tons of trees, plants, and wildlife frozen in place, like they were put on pause. They are also finding many pre-Adamite bodies. David, interesting. I expected that everything would have been thoroughly smashed unless there were some very unique conditions. There will be a whole lot of giant animals, sloths, mastodons, toxodons, turtles, and what have you. The biosphere was very different then. Corey, that is absolutely true. They are already pulling out a variety of bodies of flash-frozen prehistoric animals. Corey is being used as a dream symbol. Corey, I just remembered that Kari told me many people are having dreams of me teaching them in small classes in underground bases and in spaceships. This is because several different groups are using me as an avatar in dream contact now as well as the people putting me in that place subconsciously. That is just freaky stuff and I don't like it. An avatar could be used of me to do anything in most dream states. David, I know the feeling. We've both had thousands of people write in after images of us appear in their dreams. We have to remind them that we are not literally traveling there, nor are we aware of what they experienced. Dreams are symbolic and metaphorical in nature and based on the work we are doing, these symbols usually represent people's transcendent aspect. Jungian terms. Corey, there is quite a lot of dreamscape communication going on from the inner earth groups, as well as from the ETs and black ops government types. People should definitely be paying close attention to whatever they remember right now. The Cabal finally have something to feel positive about. Corey, most of my recent intel has been about ancient technologies and ruins that are causing a major buzz in the elite communities. It is interesting that we circle back to our prehistory during this time of times as we decide how we as a collective will finish. David, maybe it's nice that the elite finally have something to feel positive about. It may make them feel better about signing a deal with the Alliance and actually not lying for once. The discoveries have captured everyone's attention. Corey, these groups are sort of in a lull between battles right now and are all sort of focused on some of the recent discoveries. David, they already have access to really cool stuff, but perhaps this is something that more of the Earth-based groups get to enjoy. Those groups haven't necessarily been able to see the stuff off-planet, so it makes sense that there would be excitement even though there has already been lots of cool stuff to see. Okay. This is stuff they knew or heard. Okay, sorry about that, but um, I have... Um to change it and there's enough there's about uh, let me see almost a half hour worth to do so thank you for listening and I'll be back